a little bit of a drive for you from Orem all the way up to Bountiful. Um, I know that, here, I'll close that down. That way you don't get stuck looking at ourselves. <laughs> I'll sit there and stare at myself the whole time at every little movement I yeah. do. <laughs> um, so yeah, you're a singer-songwriter, mm-hmm. Mel Soul. Mm-hmm. Um, what originally got you into music? Was it something that just when you were younger you got into it, or is it more of a recent hobby? Um, when I was in high school, I was really big into um, choirs. Mm-hmm. So... I made the top choir in uh, my senior year, oh, wow. and uh, after that year, I was kind of like deciding what I want to do now, and uh, originally I went to college uh, to be an EMT, mm. but uh, with all the, the studies that I wanted to do, there was always music that was calling me back, right. so uh, I, a couple of years in college, I realized it's not really my thing, it's not how I... Um, it's not how I grow. It's not how I felt I was growing. Right. So I decided to quit and just like start writing songs. Like, um, I thought about it, you know, my first song. Right. I wasn't sure if I wanted to like put it out there, but and my first song actually took me a year to write. But actually, after I did it and performed it, it was like a disaster. <laughs> but like, <laughs> there's just something about it. Um, as a singer, I've always been a singer. There was something about uh, that passion that I just wanted to continue mm-hmm. down the road, despite you know um, how I was feeling at the beginning. But as I grew and grew, I've gotten to a point where I've worked with a bunch of really cool songwriters, um, a bunch of them who've written some of the hits on country music and oh, uh, really? and some other. Uh, I worked with this one lady um, who worked with actually a songwriting group. And they wrote for a bunch of, um, like, the early 2000 artists, like, Rihanna and Avril Lavigne. Like she oh, helped, really? She helped write uh, Avril Lavigne's entire, like, first album. Oh, and wow. So, so she's, like, a well-known songwriter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, as I just kept going, I, I learned a little bit from, you know, each little conference thing that I've been to and each person that, you know, is kind of a big title in the songwriting group. And it's just kind of been my passion That's awesome. ever since. So. What was the, so you said when you first made your own song, was the, what was the bad parts about it? Like, was it just trying to get the song out there that was difficult or? For me, it was actually finishing it. Mm. Um, when I started writing it, I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. But I got like t- to the end of the song, and I was like, I don't know what else I want to say here, and so it t- I had to I had to put it on hold because that year I actually was playing on a trip to Kenya, which I was going to be in for like a month. Oh wow! <laughs> so like I had to kind of put it on hold, and then once I came back, I realized, oh okay, so whatever I got in Kenya was kind of like what I needed to put in the last part of the song. Right. So um, ever since I finished it. Uh, bunch of other songs would come in my head because like after you finish the first one a bunch of other ones are a lot easier to right right so how was kenya it was intense yeah but it was it was fulfilling in a lot of ways i went and helped with a deaf school oh really so wow yeah respect that's awesome Thanks. i mean that's <laughs> that's a big thing to just go and do and you know take a month away but you actually gained how you wanted in the song from mm-hmm. there basically yeah just from the life experience in general you were able to close it out yeah i i wasn't sure what i wanted to say in the song but like after i came back and 
everything I experienced. I was like, oh, okay, here's what I, why, how I want to end it. So that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I've never actually had the opportunity to like pick the mind of someone who writes music because you know there, there's such a vast you know diversity in music now. Like you have people who do EDM or rap and hip hop, country, soul music, everything in between, and everyone's brain clicks just a little bit different. Yeah. So is your when you sit down and you have like a song in mind, is it more of like this is the passion and emotion that I'm feeling right now? Or do you take like a life event and try and condense it, if it, that makes sense? Yeah, it, it comes differently each time. Usually what happens is I'll have like a melody in my head or like a little verse of a lyric mm-hmm. in my head that will just come randomly while I'm working or driving and, and I'm just like oh that's really good I gotta make sure I put that down somewhere and like I'll have my little phone and just like record like ideas like right. a bunch of ideas and sometimes it comes in like ideas where like I feel like nobody's written a song like this before and so I'll write down kind of like an idea for a song this note pad that I have in my phone there's just like right just a whole bunch of different lyrics. ideas yeah that's awesome so, though because mm-hmm. I mean so I do I like to write comedy, like stand-up and different things like that. I've only done very small performing or whatever, but it's interesting because I have the same thing that happens to me sometimes. Like, I'll be working, not thinking about anything, and then all of a sudden there's just, boom, an idea, and I'm like, oh, i got to write that down. (laughs) If I forget about that, I'm going to be so mad. (laughs) Yep. Um, So what instrument did you start with originally? Um, Just acoustic guitar. Um, I have one song on the piano, but, like, most of my songs I write on the guitar. Yeah. So, yeah. Was it difficult to learn or did you just kind of... I, I had a teacher actually when I was 13 who mm. taught me a little bit of like the basics and then uh, you had to move and so I kind of went from the basics, you know, to what I know now. It's not like a whole hell of a lot different <laughs> right. from like the beginning, but like, you know, it's kind of a start. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So you've been doing, you've been playing instruments since you were, you said 13 or uh, before? I did a little piano at nine, yeah. but I, I didn't really finish it. Um, guitar has been the one that's been kind of consistent after high school. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've tried to pick up music, but I think the problem for me at least is I don't understand how to read music. Mm-hmm. And I imagine if you knew how to read music, it might help. You know, you could look at an instrument and be like, okay, well, this does this no, this does that no, and put it together. Is that... That's a whole different ballgame. Yeah? <laughs> Honestly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Reading music is like music math, and like sometimes math has been very difficult. Oh. <laughs> it's not that I don't understand it for the most part, some of the basics. But like I, I did try and take a music theory class in college, and um, I realized that this was very <laughs> intense. Yeah. It was funny because like uh, I was learning, but uh, I guess I was learning a little bit slower and some of the other students. And by the time we did our first test, um, it took a long time finishing the test, but it's because of like, I was looking at what I would know logically on what the answers would be. Right. And so when I finally gave um, the teacher the test, she had no higher expectation for me at all. <laughs> I gave it to her and uh, she looked over all the tests and like, um, I missed some of the basic ones, but out of all the test scores, like, my test was the only one that got, like, the hardest question, right? Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, wow, you're an enigma. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. <laughs> but, yeah. 
I think that's the cool thing about music, though, is, you know, what might be basic knowledge for somebody might seem difficult. But then on the flip side, there could be a person who's been studying music theory forever who can't even understand, like, one concept is so easy for someone else. Because mm-hmm. it's just, I, I imagine a lot of it is experience, right? Like, what is your experience in music and how can you look at a sheet and put it on there? Mm-hmm. But that's a realm that I don't know anything about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it kind of, it like, with the music theory, it really does kind of add up, like, right. an equation, like, every, it's just, so if you want to have, like, your own competi- composition of something, you could give it to a well-trained musician and be like, hey, can you play this line, or, right. you know, that's kind of basically what it's for, but you don't really necessarily have to dive into that to, um, be really talented like uh, instrument instrumentalist through like ear right like you know through other avenues of learning that so, makes a lot of sense yeah. mm-hmm. i mean i imagine too like i've seen videos of the they call naturals who have never even looked at sheet music but can play a whole entire song yeah mm-hmm. you know and that's everyone learns different mm-hmm. so i mean having hands-on for some people i imagine is just vastly better than trying to sit there and like okay, well, this means this, this means that. Because that's, for me, that's why I struggled, because I took a, you know, an intro to music class, mm. and the teacher was, did his job, but I didn't feel like he was explaining what we were looking at. He just expected everyone to know. And I ended up failing that class. Because <laughs> oh, I, <am. laughs> I just, I was so far behind. I, I feel like I may have needed to take a different class, and, you know, they were doing all these different, you know, having it be a certain scheme of music mm-hmm. and i just i didn't even know what that meant yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's the fun thing about music though is like you don't necessarily have to take it from a grade point level like right. you could just sort of dive in and create your own stuff and like people are so worried about what other people will think because it's just such a, a heavy thing on them but it's just like if you took that away um i feel like everybody has their own little story that they can create through music and it's kind of a shame if somebody doesn't like you know experience it or at least try because right. i feel like it's definitely worth it i agree 100 percent. i think that's well put because you know if you're go, I, I i see this in a lot of different avenues not just music but i feel like if you go into something with like an expectation of like fame or fortune or you know whatever it is that you desire like nine times out of ten those people end up hating it whereas yeah. you just go in and be you and you know genuinely be you go and express yeah. your emotion you know through music or through a podcast or whatever it might be like it will come over time yeah because people love hearing the passion they love seeing the passion it's so easy to notice mm-hmm. and i think that is a big thing with it too yeah some of the the big guys that are already there um because they've been in like you know they've been paid big money and like been traveling a lot they're kind of like at a point where um in order to make great stuff they kind of have to do what they're told right. you know and um it's kind of a shame because like they don't sound as good as they did before when they just you know started breaking them. off yeah so i think that's the one thing that kind of sucks about any industry is once you get to the top you become an asset 
you're not you're no longer like I don't know who some of your favorite artists are. are you country music mostly or um just variety, variety. kind of anything. <laughs> like I mean, if we put like I don't know who's someone that's popular that's kind of fallen off. Um, I don't know any artist. I guess I won't say a name, but um, you know, once they get to a point where they're making millions of dollars, everyone looks at them, and at least in the music industry, I imagine is just a dollar sign. Mm. When in reality, like got there because he loved what he was doing yeah no and it does kind of suck because i've seen that with artists like different bands and you know i don't know if you know a lot about pop punk and different things like that but Uh you can see that heavy in that industry where you know a band will make all this kind of punky music and then they get popular and now it's you know what's pop right now maroon five for example yeah you know they used to make more you know kind of I don't know what genre you didn't put them in originally. I guess alt, maybe? I think it's, it was like pop rock. Yeah. And then they switched to just... Straight pop. Pop. Yeah. All, <laughs> yeah. Only pop. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm not discrediting their music. It's still popular for a reason, but I think that it turns into what's going to get the most revenue for whatever the company they're yeah. working with, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But I guess the point in time, you know, when do you want to make money for what you love? Yeah, yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> um, it's getting to a point, you know, with like what's been going on with the virus and stuff, that it's really difficult for musicians now to make a name. And I've debated kind of like going through how I've been feeling about music lately. And um, for the most part, for me, it's not just about surviving. It's about um, it's about living for me. Music is about living instead of like you know because music has really helped me get through a bunch of stuff that i've been through by um writing it out and mm-hmm. putting it in a song um i've been to a couple of songwriting events and there's this one songwriter that uh, i look up to a lot her name is mary gaucher um she talks about how when you put it in a song like whatever you've been through you play it enough and it just becomes a story mm. it doesn't become you anymore so, like kind of that. a nice thing to release. I imagine, yeah, because it would be very therapeutic, like mm-hmm. especially if you are writing about something that is emotional or you know may have been a a tough part of your life. If you write it out and you play it enough, I imagine it becomes, you know, you, you've talked about it a lot, basically, yeah. and mm-hmm. I imagine that does relieve a lot of that built up, you know, emotional distress. I guess. Mm-hmm has so i imagine with you know musicians like there's a lot of people who take time off or take breaks and different things like that have you taken breaks between like when you were in college or has it always been a constant like okay well i'll go do work and go to college but i'm also still playing music on the side um i ever since i've been kind of like taking part-time jobs so i've been kind of seeing which jobs will kind of fit my hobby and which don't um I, I worked at the hospital in Provo for mm-hmm. a long time, and uh, I would have to like write in every time I had a gig, and it was like hell on earth oh, to man. like, and then like if I had a gig scheduled, and then I forgot to write in, it's just like, no, <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst day, <laughs> I had to figure out everything, but uh, I recently quit that job the beginning of the year, and um, I was almost to two years, but yeah. 
it's fine. <laughs> but uh, after I quit, I got hired at this new job in uh, Springville. Mm. But it, it's actually just like uh, food, uh, helping the, the chef at um, this little elementary school oh, for okay. deaf and blind kids. And so, oh, that's awesome. and that one, like, it really helps with my schedule because it's just early. And I usually get gigs like at six or like later depending right. on where it is so like it's just really nice to have a job that, yeah you know, works with me it doesn't you know well plus against me well and plus i imagine if you're still at the hospital right now during all the craziness like that'd probably be difficult to get time off and kind of scary yeah I yeah mean. it was it was intense <laughs> like, um i mean I, i'm not gonna put any like um anything for sure out there but like uh november through january i was pretty sick oh really like the entire time you know and uh i would go into work and i'd have to like have my mask on and mm -hmm. um at one point i did try and go into the er see if anything was really wrong because i really did have a hard time like breathing because it was like i couldn't cough whatever's inside my lungs mm -hmm. um I ended up not going to the ER because the insurance for some reason didn't go through so I had to leave but uh, a bunch of my friends and other family members were like we just went in there and they were just like well we can't do anything about it because it was viral we don't really know what it is right so, and uh, but like you know later is like COVID got a big thing <laughs> and I described all the symptoms I'm like wait a minute you know, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if like that happened to me you know but like I'm not I haven't got tested or anything but right. I'm not gonna put anything that's like for sure but it's just kind of like well, I've been hearing a lot about that as they've been coming out with articles saying like if you were feeling this this and this from like like February of last year mm -hmm. all the way until now it's quite possible that you did have it mm -hmm. and obviously as we're seeing with like the more tests going out, the more positive they're coming in. But at the same time, like, how long have we actually been just at this rate? Yeah. And we just didn't know because we weren't testing. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that I kind of wonder. Either way, though, I mean, it is kind of yeah. a little scary. Yeah, and I always felt kind of bad, like, being sick in the hospital right. while working there. <laughs> it's just like, no, this is not good. But, you know. So what are some of the best gigs that you've done? Like, have you had, like, really awesome gigs? Or is it kind of... Because I know, like, when I did a little bit of stand-up, like, I, I've done twice now. One time, awful. <laughs> I felt it was so bad. I went up there and everything that I said, no one laughed. And I'm like, okay, guys, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that and then, takes balls, honestly. Yeah. I would, my self-confidence would just drop <laughs> if that happened Yeah, I was, it was awkward. But, and then the second time, like, it was great. People were laughing, having a good time. And I'm like, good. sweet. You know? Nice. Have you had, like, good and bad? or? Yeah. Um, so the bad ones are usually when, like, the, the sound equipment isn't working very well. Mm. <laughs> and that, that actually happened on my last gig before um, COVID got shut down. Really? <laughs> um, yeah. Just all of our sound stuff was just not working. Oh. And I had to be there for three hours. <laughs> so oh, it's just, no. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Dang. But uh, I've had a couple of really cool gigs in my life. Um, There's this one. Well, I did Pride Festival. Two oh, years awesome. Um, Love those experiences. Yeah. And uh, let's see. I did this one open mic, actually. Uh, 
but it was a selected open mic, so we had to send in our stuff, and mm. they had to let us know if we got in or not. Right. So, um, that was at the Sandy Amphitheater, which is like huge amphitheater yeah. outside. So I thought that was kind of cool. How did? So does the audio or like do you sound different in amphitheaters? Because like I've heard that that's something that like the way that they set up the walls and everything, like it really can sound a little bit different. Yeah. Um, it really just depends on the sound guy. Whatever. Yeah. If he really knows what he's doing, then yeah, I can sound really good. <laughs> if, if not, then, you know, my voice is still there. But it, Of course. Like there, I have met a couple of sound people who know how to like advance like my voice right. and, and what I like. So yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> that that whole side of things is interesting is the whole audio engineering because, you know, I don't want to discredit anyone who's famous, but there is a lot of people where it seems like they have some good audio engineers because yeah. when they go live, you're like, ooh, is this the same person? Which is fine. Like they still can make amazing music and their songwriting can be phenomenal. But I wonder if that's something that like, does that frustrate like, like singer singers like people who have the ability or is it still yeah. kind of i've met some singers where um if uh the person that does audio if they've heard kind of like how they're doing it in advance they they won't even get up on stage really just because of how crappy <laughs> the audio huh. sounds but for me it's it's all about the audience and experience and even if i do have like crappy sound i'm still willing to just put in the time and you know hopefully get something right so is that why it's been difficult for you to grow because like i know that like streaming and different things like that so it can be difficult and it's so flooded it's a market where there's millions of people yep. streaming nowadays i think the hardest thing for me and for most like musicians is actually the marketing side because mm -hmm. like most of us are more so right right brained and like uh more prone to creating stuff than actually advertising stuff. Absolutely. You know, and um, every big person has great marketers in their team, and that's kind of how uh, they have grown. Right. And so it's sometimes it's hard for um, local musicians to really market themselves well. Um, but there are some advantages. Like, there are people that have done it successfully that – have written books and um so you're, you're able to do it in like sort of a diy sense um, right but it does take time takes a lot of learning and patience and sometimes you can't do it alone and, of course so, but yeah. i think that's one thing that's super important to even younger listeners is don't ever expect something overnight because yeah. that's, that's not the reality we might see something on like instagram or tiktok or snapchat or whatever the hot thing is now like mm -hmm. You know, you might see someone go from nothing to something overnight, but that is not something that you should expect to happen. Yeah. You know, the people who are really successful, we might see them now, you know, millions of dollars later and travel the world, but you can't forget the years of blood, sweat, and tears yeah. that it took to get them to that point. And mm -hmm. I think some people lose their passion because they think like, man, it's been a year and I'm still not famous no. it's been two years and i'm still not famous like it's not how it works yeah. you know you really have to put in the time yeah and i imagine with you know covid right now like you said if you can't get the gigs 
you know, you're yeah. very limited to how you can really spread, mm-hmm. which is sad, but yeah. hopefully I know that some places are kind of opening back up to like smaller audiences. Yeah, I did a gig a couple of days ago, yeah. so that was nice. Um, oh, that is good. Yeah, the Park City Library. Oh, actually. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 How was it? It was nice. It was a nice day. So it was outside and people were able to just kind of enjoy themselves and yeah. they were able to, you know, provide background music. So it was I, nice. That's the one thing that kind of excites me a lot about if, I don't want to say when, but if COVID, you know, dissipates or whatever, mm-hmm. becomes less of a worry, those like next six, seven months are going to be so exciting for people because everyone is just, you know, yeah, chomping at the bits to go and yeah. listen to some live music and you know go to shows and different things and I think it's gonna be a really exciting time. Yeah, you know you have to go through the bad and then you find the good type of mentality. Yeah, but I think the idea about like the drive-through events that some people are doing, yeah. I think that's kind of like a cool I like that concept that people are trying to pick up. Um, I, I saw one. It wasn't for music. It was down in um, what's the place like. Thanksgiving Point. Oh, cool. They did like a drive-through, like I don't know. They did like a bunch of different lights and sculptures or something the other. And I was like, oh, that's a cool. It didn't sound fun for for me personally, but I was like, you could do a lot of different things with that. Yeah. And have it end up being like, I I would love to go and do it like music thing where if you like every stop you roll down your windows and someone plays like a five ten minute set and then yeah. you go on to the next person like that would be way cool. Would be cool yeah i would go do that in a heartbeat yeah definitely. um what is it that like i'm trying to think of how to word this question it's like when you were nine and you were getting into piano right mm-hmm. was that something that you just that like called to you and you're like that is something that like I want to do or was it has music always been like in your family or you know and it just seems so natural to want to go and do it my mom would uh, play piano for church and I used to go to church when I was a little girl okay so, yeah she would play and like when I didn't know how to play like I would look at her like it was magic right <laughs> and I'm like what does she do <laughs> every time I would play the piano it would sound like <laughs> yeah that's kind of where it stemmed from. Mm. I've always wondered that because, like, everyone else, usually when someone gets into music at a young age, it's either like family had a lot of roots in music, or like maybe they found like a album when they were young and they were like, "Oh, I want to do that," you yeah. know. And mm. it's always cool to hear different outlooks on why they took the step into music. Yeah, I, I've always loved music, but I do remember a couple times when music used to scare me as a little girl. Oh, um, so. This one time I was listening on the radio. I usually don't listen that much on the radio, especially when I was little. Um, but there was this one song that came on that I just like, I was like, wow, this is a cool song. <laughs> I love it so much. And, and I didn't want it to end. And then when it ended, um, I was just like a heartbroken. Oh. I was like, oh my gosh, it's never coming back. And so like, because of that, triggering thing i was like i should never turn on the radio <laughs> i don't ever want that to happen because <laughs> if i want to listen to a song i want to listen to it over and over and over to like you know <laughs> right so okay that that i have an interesting question with that so, <clears throat> since you write songs do you make your own like i don't know what the word is for it but you write the lyrics but you also write like the riffs and sounds 
don't know what the word is. Like yeah. Um, melody. I guess yeah. You'd say. Um, I'd say I'm pretty good at like figuring out melodies yeah. at this point, but on my guitar it's pretty basic chords. Mm. But like, I have you know really good friends that have played guitar or other instruments um, that like to add stuff, and that usually right. like really enhances the sound. But. So what I wanted to ask is like, if you listen to like a song, it, do you try to avoid listening to music just because you don't want to necessarily take? Or like have someone else's like idea imprinted because I do that a lot. If I'm listening to like other podcasts, for example, uh-huh. I'll naturally like sit down and be like, "Oh yeah, let's talk about what they're talking about." And then I have to realize like, "Well, I don't want to just take their opinion." Yeah. Because then it's just imprinted, even if I agree with them. Does that ever happen to you in music, where like you love something like a song a lot, and you're you like catch yourself like sounding like it, or not at all? Um. Yeah, I mean, I'll take like little ideas, yeah. you know, especially like from lyrics that that really hit me. But I try to like word it mm. in my own way. Right. Um, there's a couple of songs on one of Christina Aguilera's albums. Um, she had this. It was kind of like a self-empowering song, where uh, you know. Oh, it was that stronger song? I forgot exactly. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but there's a line in there that I actually took from her, not necessarily like right, put it in the man. same way, but I actually put kind of like the same concept in one of my songs for the chorus because it, I actually did kind of like not really realizing it, but then when I look back, I was like, oh okay, that's kind of similar to yeah. her song. <laughs> so that's nice though, because like. It's almost in a way like paying homage, you yeah. know, to mm-hmm. you know an artist that you know is fantastic. Obviously, yeah. I mean, Christina Aguilera is top tier, and people don't realize that because they see like the couple pop songs, yeah, and forget that she, her voice is yeah. crazy. Do you have some like top favorites, like uh, all time, like influence? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so three that. I've wanted to like kind of stick to their styles because they have like similar styles that I love. Mm-hmm. The Ed Sheeran, the ZZ Ward, and um, Alison Krauss. I don't think I know who ZZ Ward. ZZ Ward. She's like uh, her sound is bluesy hip hop. She's really sultry amazing. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you might want to look her up. Yeah, she's I'll got have to. some great stuff. Yeah, Ed is, he's, he's talented. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like him a lot, and I like the fact that he's so diverse in his ability. You know, he can remake a 90s hip-hop song and make it his own. Yeah. And then he can make a love song, and you actually feel the passion. Then he can make a, you know, a sad, emotional, heartbreak type of song. You can feel it. You're like, yeah. Hits you right in the, <laughs> right in the fills. Yeah. <laughs> Thing that I like about Ed, I mean, his voice obviously and his talent, but it's just like he doesn't sort of look this Hollywood esque look. Right. So it's just kind of nice to see somebody who's just like extremely talented and, and not necessarily like look like James Bond or something right. like that. That's why I really, <laughs> I really like uh, Sam Smith. Yeah. Because he was, you know, I know that he went through. A little bit of a transformation recently. It was good for him. He yeah. looks great. Um, like a bell, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, who's the new guy? 
Um, let me pull his name so I don't misquote it. I was just listening to the song yesterday. Um, I know that it was very mainstream. Well, it got super mainstream recently. Say it's James something. Sorry, very unprofessional, but I always like to give people the credit when they uh, when they talk about them. Going through, going through. <laughs> no, the. I wish I could sing because I would just sing the lyric and it would probably come. Do you know what the song is? Not off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. Oh, Louis Capeldi? Okay, yeah. Someone you loved? Yeah. Like, yeah he's, a... he's, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I loved it because I, I didn't, I heard the song on the radio like a lot of people. I'm like, wow, that guy is phenomenal. Yeah. And I went and watched a music video and every single person in the comment section said the same thing. Like, I wasn't expecting him to look this way. Yep. And it's kind of sad, in a way. It really is, because I think we've almost gotten programmed to expect these people to look a certain way, when in reality, talent is... Anyone can have talent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So, it's kind of a bummer, in a way. Yeah. Then I think about kind of like, uh, not everything has to come from the media. Right. There's also talent that's just around you. Absolutely. You can definitely appreciate whether or not it's like huge or not. No, no. I mean, I'm starting to realize as I get a little older that the people who have the true talent aren't the ones who are on Instagram all day or, Mm -hmm. you know, making the next hot tweet or whatever it might be. It's the ones who are out there, you know, on the streets and, you know, grinding away and, you know, trying to make a name for themselves. They're the ones who you know, will blow you away. Like, I, I remember I went and saw Alicia Cara um, downtown, like, like, a year or two before here got really popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there, like, I got the chills, like, listening to her. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, <laughs> her voice is crazy. And mm-hmm. next thing you know, you know, yeah. big, huge hit. But I don't know. I, I, I truly have the mindset of like it could be any day for anybody right yeah like, basically yeah. you know i could do the next episode of this and then who knows yeah. you know the next song could be the big one and yeah. i think people just fall off that and think like oh well it should have been that one should have been this one and then they stop giving themselves the opportunity yeah mm-hmm. which sucks yeah <laughs> would you like to play something because sure. i'm very yeah, sure. i'm very i've been waiting <laughs> I don't know. For people listening, I've never had live music on here. That's good. <laughs> so I hope that it sounds sounds good. Seen a song. I actually wrote it um, about my hometown in Orem, and uh, it's called 801. So it's called awesome. my family. <laughs> so. 
from the mountains, still frosty with snow. In the summertime weather, shining down below. Right next to the pine trees is my backyard. Little girl and her mother making a new start, and it wasn't that long ago. I first dialed a phone So that I learned how to call home 801 801 801 That's around from 801 801 Place when Christmas falls, you see my grandma deck the halls, and hear my baby cousin's footsteps whisper through these walls. By that front porch, grandpa's truck would stand, the tree house he made with his own two hands. On Sundays, mom would play piano to the church that was next door. Oh, and was all so much more. Just an area code. Eight oh one, eight oh one, eight oh one. That's where I'm from. Eight oh one, eight oh one, eight oh one's where I belong. Is where I. Two years later, I'm in LA. Get a call from Mama, and I know what she's saying. Grandpa's on his deathbed, and we need you here. Can't do this alone since everyone disappeared. Took the next plane out, and I made it just in time. Took a hold of his hand and I said my last goodbyes and it wasn't that long ago. You first dialed the phone and you told me how to call home.
Listen to live music in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was phenomenal. I mean, you you told a. That's what blows my mind is that you just told a whole story, in, with four minutes. Yeah. And it, I. That was blown blew me away. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How long does it take you to write something like that? Because it's so, it flows so. Great. Like, yeah, that one didn't take me very long. No, so just kind of depends on what's on. So that one took like yeah, a couple minutes. Really? <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Wow. Talent. Thank you. <laughs> Talent. <laughs> Thanks. Have you done like? I don't know how. Like, I don't know all the terminologies, but like, do you release music like on a like a CD or like a? you did Spotify and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Have you ever done like a hard copy of something or is that do, even worth it? I do actually have a CD right yeah? now. Yeah. Um, I have my first EP. Um, mm. Got a handful of copies just, you know, ever want to sell something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have my stuff online and I do have um, just my one first EP right yeah. now working on a new one. So I'll be able to have hard copies later for that one that's you know, exciting it's always nice to you know just have it just in case yeah know, whether or not people use it but well still i mean yeah. <laughs> do you have one with you by I chance do, actually yeah. may i yes. i will <laughs> venmo you whatever it takes because like yeah. i would love to hear no more yeah yeah i'll keep i'll keep it here um the case and whatnot so that way people can if they come over they'll see it <laughs> yeah definitely uh, yeah. so, there you go. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a great cover too. Great picture. How long does it so what is the process of like making a CD? I had so um I actually did move to Nashville for a couple months. Um so I wanted to have, you know, something to give to people. Right. Um, if anybody was interested in stuff. So uh, it actually took about two years to make the songs, and then um, to get it done, it could have took longer, but I really just kind of wanted to have something ready, and right. my engineer was kind of like, no, I don't want to, like, perfect all these little things. I'm like, no, but I'm leaving in, like, three months. <laughs> like, I need to have it done now. So it took, like, that whole summer, um, basically, just to get them ready uh, I had to send in to this company to have them mailed to me mm. um, and that was like grueling <laughs> just to like wait oh. for the product to get here. <laughs> but yeah it's it's kind of a long process but basically when you have all of the songs done um, the multiple uh, avenues you can send in for an actual product right so, that's uh, awesome how would okay let's talk about Nashville mm -hmm. I mean that's Music City of America, right? Yeah, yeah. How was it? It was, I mean, it could have been better. 
Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't. It's funny because like I went there expecting to lose, but I didn't expect to lose in the way that I did. Hmm. <laughs> um, I, I went there and I thought I had all these people that were willing to like reach out to me, help me out, and basically when I got there, when I got all moved in, like nobody really reached out to me, <laughs> so I was kind of like on my own for a bunch of months. Yeah. And, um. Finally found a place that uh, kind of like an open mic. Um, I don't know if you've been to Greenhouse Open Mic here. I've heard of that. Have it. Yeah. Um, I, I went there for years, and that's kind of how I developed my confidence in order to make songs, just by going to that open mic. Right. Um, I found something a little similar to that in area in uh, Tennessee called Franklin. And... Um, it was it was similar to that open mic experience, except bunch of, it, was, it was a lot more southern. Right. <laughs> There's a lot more born again Christians there. <laughs> I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, it was really interesting to get to know some of the people, and you know, for a while it was good. I got to know people. I um, wrote songs with uh, some of, some of the people there, and uh, um, it was nice. And the more I would go there, um, I, I met somebody um uh, it was like basically my next relationship mm. and uh I, i've never been in a relationship before that one so i didn't really know how what things went right and basically it just kind of like ever since i met him it just went to crap oh, <laughs> <And dang. laughs> it was it was actually like it was a pretty intense traumatic event like actually being in that relationship and uh it went it, it gave me like a sour taste for just that whole experience you right. know because i felt like i put a lot of stuff on hold because i was in that relationship and when it ended it was just so bad you know that um you know how like when you have exes it's nice to like every now and then you know see them and stuff it's just like for him it was my case because it was just so bad that I had to like legally have them not mm. around anymore. Right. And so um, I couldn't deal with the stress of like uh, the idea of him, you know, coming out of jail and me like worrying, you know, all oh, by wow. myself. So I basically had to move back home. And it was like the most grueling, sad experience, just like driving all the way from Tennessee to Utah. Um, and it took me a little bit, you know, to actually write music again, just cause it was, I wasn't sure if I would get to a point where I was like happy with myself or like just okay in general. Right. Um, but I gave myself a bunch of time just to like chill out and heal. And, um, that was actually when my music really picked up. That was when mm. I got a lot more successful when I, gave myself some time, started writing again, and that's and when I went to different avenues, home, that I haven't been through before, that's when I made new friends and new contacts, and uh, I was a lot more successful after that, so. I condemn you for not giving up, because I mean, yeah. you know, you, it seems like some people, like, when they go through grueling, traumatic experiences, you know, they end up living by that for the rest of their lives, and you know, it's nice to hear that, you know, you're able to get back to a, a point where you felt 
comfortable making music again and i think mm-hmm. that the world needs to hear your music yeah I and mean, i was just moved by a song that you said took minutes to make yeah you know so i mean i can only imagine it's a roller coaster that will go up for you now i mean yeah. the more that and obviously once we can go out and actively do more shows and be in the community more hopefully that will allow for even more success mm-hmm. yeah has it been like uh as far as like utah compared to nashville like is, is, you know, whenever you talk about Nashville, right, you immediately just think music. Uh-huh. Is Utah's music scene pretty great? Because, I mean, you, I, I've been involved in, like, some of the communities, I guess you could say. Some of it's toxic, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and some of it's, <laughs> I've had to go through a lot of that, too. <laughs> yeah, and some of it's um, rough, and some of the, there's seems to always be drama, and I don't know if that's just, like, people want to bully people out of the system or what it might be but like you can always tell when you work with people like who's just in it for the good stuff and who's not and the more you get to know them that's that's what's like for me anyway i've gone through enough red flag people that i kind of see on in advance kind of who those people are (laughs) i just kind of stay at distance from them um the thing about Nashville, places like Nashville, L.A., Atlanta, some of the places that are kind of known for big top people, is uh, you hardly get people that are bad. Mm. So the difference between like some of the open mics here, some of the open mics over in Tennessee, is like the open mics in Tennessee, you have a plethora of great musicians that will be up there and then you have one or two that are just like okay <laughs> but right. like here it's like you, get, you every now and then get like really good ones and then like you get a bunch of them they're just like okay yeah. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> bad but you know right i know what you mean <laughs> yeah that yeah. happened to me with uh sports mm-hmm. I played sports growing up and uh i actually like i went to texas for a job and uh I, this was like I can't remember what year, but we were just playing. Like, I would play basketball casually every week, and I'm not by any means good. But locally, like some of the local parks here in Bountiful, like, I'd go friends and we'd do really well. Like, me and two of my really talented basketball player friends went out to Texas, and we proceeded to get beat by junior high kids Uh all afternoon. Like, they were just, the talent level was vastly different than what's out here yeah and i imagine that's with a lot of areas i mean not only more population but more passion mm-hmm. you know because utah i've had some rappers on i've had some singers on you know not no discredit to anyone that's been on but i think that you've taken the cake with oh, talent <laughs> um but it just seems like utah has never developed its own sound there's a lot of people I've met that really want to put Utah on the map because mm-hmm. I, even if it's not like a consistent thing with Utah, um, there's a lot of passionate people out yes. here that um, just love music and they, they don't want to give it up and they don't want to give up where they live either. Right. <laughs> and I've noticed that when I came back home, I'm just like, wow, I really do love <laughs> where I am now, <laughs> even though I, I didn't before. But when I came back, I'm like, wow, I... I love my home because I get it. I, I know people, you know. In the South, it's like there are places I'm not sure I'm okay, and there are places that I'm just like, okay, I think this is fine. But, like, <laughs> in Utah, I'm just like, okay, 
even though this is like the whitest city in the entire state, I know nobody's gonna come after right. me. Right. True. So. I had the same thing when I left Utah. And I really started realizing how good Utah actually is for a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, and that's that. That's a vast majority of things, in all honesty. And you know, when I came back, I was like, I don't know if I will end up yeah uprooting fully from here ever i mean i just there's utah is so we could go 20 minutes north and we could be in farmland right Right. and we could go 10 minutes south and we could be in hipster nation you know the next big hipster capital of the world you know it's just so to pick your poison what do you want to do today you know do you want to go milk some cows do you want to go eat some herbal tea you know it's cool to have that variety and i don't know how many states can say that that's true yeah not to like discredit anybody else who's lived here um who's a minority but like for me since i've grown up here since i was a baby like this is what i know it's what i feel comfortable with and right you know it's it's home to me yeah no, no matter what you know yeah. comes with it so yeah and i yeah i don't it, it's hard for me to speak on anything but i definitely in the little bits of time that i lived in texas i saw a lot of things that i wish i hadn't seen yeah. that made me really my level of love for humanity sink yeah and i you know you still see it here in utah and different things and it's sad, but I do think that there are some other states that could really look at a place like Utah and be like, maybe we need to change a couple things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, like, um, in the South, like, I feel like I'm really energy, like, sensitive. So, like, you can feel the leftover energy of, like, those rules and how it was. You can sense it in people, like their discomfort and like on both you know right. black and white and it's just it's hard you know <laughs> for me to like um absorb that and right um understand kind of like where my place is like where i feel safe and where i don't feel safe and that's the thing about home is like you get a handful of like really bad people of course you know just anywhere but um in general I don't feel like in fear of my life in most places yeah. here. So, yeah, and I mean, I, I don't. I mean, obviously, being a big white dude in Utah is fairly common, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I get looks sometimes because like facial hair, I wear you know, hats with Ouija boards on it and yeah. stuff like that. But even still, like, I, in most places I go, people seem to genuinely just want to do their own thing and be nice yeah at least here in utah i mm-hmm. i went when i was out in texas i had i was called a lot of things yeah you know and i don't want to discredit texas texas is beautiful there's lots of awesome in texas and i'm sure where i was it was just bad place right mm-hmm. people are rough people are really rough yeah. and i just i'm a person that i really genuinely just like knowing people i like to get to know people because yeah perspective in life is everything right like you know this person might feel this way well why do they feel this way i need to know how and why like what can i do to make them not feel this way Mm -hmm. and the only way to do that is communication yeah to hear their perspective to have Mm -hmm. them have a place where 
and come and talk and you know yeah. air things out but you know i'm sure a place like nashville probably tough yeah probably tough have you done have you been to la then i have been to la a couple of times yeah yeah um it's not really my scene yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i do i've had a couple of experiences like with workshops and stuff mm -hmm. out there so it, it's nice to kind of develop your craft wherever you're at and learn from people who are succeeding um but the, i feel like there's kind of there's this level that la expects and it's not just with music but it's with the whole package mm. so um you kind of it's easy to be discredited if discredited if you don't have like the whole package. Right, I get what you're saying. LA. <laughs> right. And even if you do, sometimes there are people that just kind of like take their time. Um, LA has this like reputation for um, slacking off a bit because everybody's like partying and like you know. Right, it's <laughs> just... LA. You know, everyone. Yeah. All the big people are in LA, so mm -hmm. it's time to, you know. Let's go out. Let's go do this. Let's go see who we can meet. Like, yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of been my experience in LA with people I know there. But uh, it's not a bad place if you know if you want to try it out. But I think there's a lot of people that take advantage of the fact that it is kind of like talent city, and so mm -hmm. you get a lot of people who try to you know um, take advantage of young innocent of artists. Right. Oh, that's a, that's a shame. It is though. a shame. It sucks too that I don't know. I I would probably be very disgusted to know even financially how bad people have been taken advantage of in LA. You know, oh, I'm not I don't want to just say LA in general, but you know, just artists in general cuz yeah. like we were saying earlier, like you get to a point where you're an asset to somebody or someone looks at you and can see dollar signs. Mm -hmm. And how they are going to use you to get their dollar signs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I imagine that comes with agencies and yeah. you know gig promoters and different things like that. I mean, it's I mean, you hear the awful, awful, but I imagine mm -hmm. that it's there's a constant level of people just kind of getting shit on for a better lack of terms. Yeah, basically, you know, which sucks. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's not just in LA, but it's also everywhere else right um i did work for a label for a little bit just to see how it work out. it was like it was branded as a local label you okay. know um and you know for the first couple months we felt comfortable working with this guy and then later on after we released our first song um he was in communication while we were releasing it but like as time went on he wasn't in the best communication with us and so out of the blue he just basically dropped us on the label for hmm. like no credible reasons whatsoever and um unfortunately we did you know pay him a lot of money because he promised all these things and like um as an artist you don't want to go through that and you hope and pray that like you don't you know waste your time or your money um unfortunately that happens sometimes right and, uh, but it does I thought to myself before I dove into it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try it. And if it doesn't work out, then I learned something. So, right. 
That was basically my approach to it, and I, I did learn <laughs> a bunch of things. It so. does suck when you have to learn through something like that, but you know, I guess now if you decide to go down that avenue again, you can at least pinpoint the things that seem shady. Yeah, you know, and I thought it would like credit me, and it did kind of give me a little bit of confidence to be listed on a label right. as an artist, you know, and I thought that was kind of like the big goal. Um, but when I went through it, I realized, uh, there were a bunch of things that we couldn't do, but we didn't know until he told us, he's like, mm. Hey, you can't post that. Or like, Hey, you can't use that hashtag. Or just like, there was really? a bunch of set of rules that like he said that we couldn't do, but he never explained to us why we mm. couldn't do it. And, um, it was just very much a lot of miscommunication stuff. And, uh, now I kind of know what red flags to look for if people do get approached like that from, you know, any kind of so-called local label. Um, and now I know that, like, going doing it on my own is going to result in a better um, avenue right. product for people. Absolutely. So, and for me. <laughs> like, so. so I generally listen to, like, rap and hip-hop and R&B and soul it's kind of where my my fandom is, I guess you could say. A little metal and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's so rare, at least in rap and hip-hop, for people to make it without being a label, right? Uh-huh. You know, you have people like, I think Anderson Pack did it, and um, it's a really popular gentleman. I can't remember his name. Cocoa Butter Kisses. Like That's one of the songs. Oh, uh, nice. Um, Jeez, what was his name? Anyways, his whole, like, I don't want to say his claim to fame, but one of, he made it huge without ever signing to a label. Oh, nice. Yep. Is, is it just because the labels, like, if it's a legit label and they really want to make you the next, you know, the next big thing, it's just such an easier route if you can get that compared to trying to just grind on your own? Yeah. Um, I feel like when, you, when you're at a point, at a talent level and um, you have a lot of people in your corner um, this is kind of by assumption but I'm kind of assuming that like when things kind of fall into place it will just be easy and like that will be the, the direction to go like I feel like that's kind of probably what happened to Anderson right. but uh, anytime you're with a label they do have certain rules that they um, you need to follow right. in order to like you know, be with them, and uh, I, I remember when the one label I was working with, when he talked about kind of like what he did when he worked with his own label, like through somebody else, um, they gave him a certain amount of money, and um, you know, he thought he was the richest guy in the world, but then all that money is spent, like the stuff that they gave him, so like hotels, travel, right, um, equipment, like even though they pay you. It's not really going to you. It's going towards all, all the stuff things. that you're doing. Right. So, and if they continue to pay, like you have to like abide with whatever their rules are with the label. So right. It gives you kind of less freedom of what you want to do as I, an artist. I so. think too that at least from what I've perceived being a fan of music, um, is when people sign with a big label and then they get required to drop albums. They have to come out with like an album on like every other year type of basis. And for me, that seems to be what kills a lot of 
I don't know how to put it. It's not that they're not talented anymore, but they're not doing it for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you can tell that in the music, which yep. is a bummer. Mm-hmm. And I I wonder what, I mean, I get, like, everyone has to make their dollar when you become, like, that type of artist. But at the same time, like, wouldn't you just want them to have the creative freedom to keep making the music that made them popular? Yeah. You know? Um that's why I kind of, when I look at Two Sides of the Coin, when I feel like if I do ever get to that point, I look at it, I'm like, would I even want it, you know? Because if I'm at that point, then, like, I'm not able to create in a space that I'd want to create because I'd have all these limits. Right. And um, I've noticed that with some artists where um, every song that they put out, kind of talks about the same thing. I'm kind of wondering if, like, the label is telling them, you need to write about this stuff because this stuff will sell. Right. You know, so. And I guess it comes back to, right, like, you know, happiness is subjective. Yeah. You know, what what would make you happy might not make, you know, this person happy. You know, that seven-figure contract might make them super happy compared to, I mean, for me, like, people always ask me, like, what's my end goal for the podcast? In reality, I don't I don't want money. Like I mean, sure, right? If I could make money doing something I love doing. Great. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. I just want people to be involved. I want to have a community where, you know, people could come on and talk and have people back them and be like, Yeah, let's help them improve. Yeah. That's what I want. Because I think that at the end of the day, you know, money comes and goes. We can make mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars doing something, but we still gonna be happy. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think if if I was an artist, I'd rather just be touring and going and meeting people. Yeah, and, and I I think that's a lot of people. It seems like that's a lot of desire because everyone always goes on tour, but I know that's also good money. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. That that was my goal actually for this year before COVID hit. Um, trying i i work with the genre every now and then and our goal was to uh go on tour um, yeah unfortunately like with all the COVID stuff that's been going on we haven't been able to like you know get stuff together in order to make an actual tour right but, uh, i mean i'm still hopeful in the future that will happen oh, just because of like how much i love my passion and how I, I've had a bunch of people, you know, from random places that are just like, hey, why don't you come out here? And I'm just like, yeah, I would love to. <laughs> Once I get to that point, I will. So, but yeah. So. That's cool, though. That, and I think, too, like we've talked about the negative side of it, but the positive side is there's a lot of people who just love music and love having new artists around. And, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine you've met amazing people going through it. And, you know, I've, I've, hadn't met a lot of amazing people from just in this room so i mean i can imagine when there's actually passionate people behind you know setting up gigs and you know bringing in new artists that it's a great feeling yeah you know which hopefully there's more of that instead of the negative yeah definitely i'm sure it's just harder to find yeah <laughs> <laughs> you want to be around the it's better to be around the passionate people but hard part is is usually they have a lot of people already around them mm-hmm. which sucks yeah. do you want to play another song sure yeah if you'd like mm-hmm. uh, how just so I can make sure how late did you want to uh, however okay 
I have the whole day open. Perfect. This is, this next song is kind of a favorite a bunch of my friends like. Um, so I I usually don't, well I, I want to write more bluesy stuff, but this is kind of like my first bluesy one that I ever wrote. Um, when I wrote it, it was almost like, sometimes I feel like my songs don't really come from me. They come from something else. Okay. <laughs> like just kind of like spiritual wise. Yeah. So, when I wrote it, it's almost like it wasn't me writing. It was like some other famous blues person <laughs> that's like done it before. Um, I wanted to write a song. There's like a lot of songs that talk about like being the bad girl is like the thing, you know, because right. like the bad girls gets all the boys and mm -hmm. like, um, and it's just like I've never really been that person. <laughs> and I wanted to write a song about like just a good person like good lady you yeah. know <laughs> that like goes by the rules and is not necessarily so glamorous but like is you know is a good woman yeah. so that's kind of where the title came from and uh so yeah the song's called good woman <laughs> Someone 
vein of all the good women in the world. Do you want no one who's crazy? They already know my crazy. I'll tell you one more time. I'm not perfect like them girls in the magazines. I'm a good woman, good woman. Baby, that's all that you need. Never not real with you. My loyalty is clean. It means I don't cheat. It's not a good woman, good woman. Baby, that's all that you need. I'm a I'm blown away that you like the your ability to make two songs that don't sound like the same at all like they're vastly different like the I don't know what word it is like the range I guess Mm. you could say because like it's impressive. It really is. Because, like, you know, there's a lot of artists who are so one-dimensional, but you just played two songs that are by far on different graphs. Yeah. Is it – I can't just say how, but is that, like, something that takes a lot of time to figure out? Or do you just have that in your head that you can just switch almost? Oh, uh, but I did – I was kind of learning a couple new chords, a couple blues chords through – just like watching YouTube tutorials. Mm. Um, and uh, I did kind of figure out a cover from those chords. And mm. after I figured out that cover, I was like, oh, I might as well write a song from like this style. Right. <laughs> See how it goes. And that's kind of like I said, like I, I feel like it was almost like I didn't even write that song. <laughs> like, so, like somebody else like came into my head and like wrote it for me. <laughs> so yeah. it's definitely good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so do you like writing like. Do you see yourself writing more bluesy type music, or do you see yourself sticking with the first song that you played? Um, well, I mean, I'm trying to. People say it's kind of like a mistake to um, venture into different genres. I mean, most of my stuff really sounds like the first song, it's more so folk indie ish sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's a lot of fun to like, yeah. experience different kind of genres. Um, well, I've been, been hearing from producers, like, they're just like, yeah, you can sing anything, but, like, pick one so that, you know. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, well, I don't want to pick one. <laughs> 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 like, it's fun to, like, have different ones. Um, I did the first hit that I put out on Spotify is actually not really a folk-sounding song. It's more so popish sounding because okay. um, I, I wrote it with two of my other friends who rap and so it, it feels more R&B pop-ish okay. when you listen to it. Is so, that on here or is that just on Spotify? It's on Spotify okay. right now. So And if people want to search for your Spotify, what do they have to look at? Just Mel Soul. Mel Soul. Yeah. So if you're listening, <laughs> obviously do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> Go check it out. Yeah. So, I mean, that's cool too that you have you'll take on people who are in vastly different genres. Cause mm-hmm. we're seeing that big time on radio hits, right? Like, um, what was that? Havana song. Yeah. Not, whether people like it or not, it's interesting to have a song like that. That's very kind of 
poppy with like a interesting kind of like Latin vibe. Yeah, Latin vibe, but then it also has a rapper on it. Yeah. You know, and whether it, his verse was needed or not, who knows? But, <laughs> you know, you see that with Katy Perry and Kanye, or, yeah. um, gosh, I mean, kind of a lot of R&B songs now have like a rap in it at some point. Mm-hmm. I think that's just kind of starting to become the norm. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, rap has definitely, I think, gotten. A lot bigger than people ever expected it to be. Oh, yeah. Which is... I feel like it's kind of been a steady pace of, like, people still love it and people still come back to it. Yeah. Because it's so, like, so real, Mm -hmm. you know, for the most part. Right. Yeah, and that's that's the weird thing about rap, right, is you can listen to one album that has a huge message, and then I can flip on a different album and it's going to be, you know... Party music, yeah, tits and ass, getting drunk, smoking weed. You know, like it's it's interesting that both sides of it are so vastly popular and so Mm -hmm. different. You know, because like I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan because I like the message that he's trying to say, and I think his mind's more brilliant than people are even realizing now. Yeah, you know, and but then again, like I'll listen to ASAP Rocky when I just want to have some music on in the background that's fun. You Mm -hmm. know, it's it's so interesting, and I don't know, I. I mean, I'm not one to speak, but I would rather, I would enjoy an album that has diversity on it. That's kind of what I'm trying to do, my next EP. But, like, I'm, I'm working with different types of uh, genres with people. Um, first one's a little bit more folk, which I'm used to. It's got, it's got a guy who does a guitar solo on it that has more of a country feel. Okay. So a little mix of that, and... Uh, I have another song that's it's got guitar in it but it's, it definitely has this hip-hop feel yeah because I, I my friend i produced it and then my friend was like i really want to rap on this song <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah let's do it so we got it done and it turned out a lot better yeah. than i thought it would be so that has more like a hip-hop feel and uh, i'm gonna work with my friend on a new song for bp uh he has his, his style is like 70s bands Oh, like okay. that's kind of his style of writing, and um, I wanted to approach him with like a, a salsa ish song, Ooh. see if like you know if we can create something that would be sounding different, and then have like another rapper on that song, right? Who's not used to rapping on that genre, but I just really want to challenge him <laughs> <laughs> just to see like what you can do. What's with. his name if you want to shout him out? Um, so the guy that I'm gonna write with, his name is uh, Rick Gerber. Um, he plays with a band called Bad Feather. Okay. Um, they do a bunch of shows in Utah and then outside of Utah. I, d- I just saw them actually at Lava Hot Springs. Oh, really? And my girls went out <laughs> and see him. And every time I go to shows, he always has me go up for like their break and play music. That's and, awesome. Yeah. So, um, and then my friend who I'm planning on having rap on that song, uh, he goes by Airworthy, but his like rap group band name is called Proverosity. Okay. And um, they're kind of like local Utah County um, rap group. Awesome. But uh, he's really talented. Yeah? If you want to like look him up later, like his, his some of his songs just Do you know so if it's also fast. on Spotify? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to add it so that way I can uh, put it. I mean, I'll go, I always go back and listen to these and clip stuff too. Mm-hmm. And so I will make sure to get everyone everyone's links if i can yeah. in mm-hmm. the description so people can um 
make sure that if they want to check something out, how do you spell it? You're worthy, the, the rapper? Is that yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, just how it's... Yeah, just how it's... Maybe if Spotify wants to uh, work. Okay. It is cool that... I don't know. I like that you work with people because I think that, you know, some artists... And I don't know if this is just the artist mentality, but they just stay themselves, you know, and push away people. And you, you have artists like that, but like I feel like in general with some of the people I feel comfortable with that I trust, like um, the artists that I know um, that really do it for their passion, it's like all of us are kind of encouraging all of us together, you know, right. to make it wherever it is that we want to go like just to keep pushing and go there and that's the cool thing about um utah is like even though there's a lot of really good artists in nashville i don't feel that in nashville there's enough heart mm. with people just because of how how common it is now in nashville to have just really good talent um i feel like when you get to that point, when you get noticed, it's almost like you kind of take it for granted. So mm. there's a bunch of artists out here in Utah who not only have talent, but they have like this heart and this passion for like connecting with people and um, just for not, you know, giving up on themselves or right. other artists. And those are kind of the people that I try to surround myself with, with what I love to do. And so. Well, right. I mean, the whole idea too is, you know, if, if you have a community of people around you who are all trying to reach the same whatever the goal might be right you know if someone does get it and there truly is like that community feeling like you know hopefully they would help yeah. you know not and i don't i i definitely don't think that anyone who does make it owes people anything yeah it's like if they put in the hard work they put in the hard work mm -hmm. but at the same time like be nice to be like, hey, I know that guy. Right. <laughs> One know, helping like... hand can change, yeah. you know, your whole entire life. Mm -hmm. You know, it could go from, you know, this person made it and they come like, hey, why don't you tour with me or whatever it might be. And that could change your whole life, yeah. you know. And it's, you see that a lot in different fields and it's really cool. Like when big artists come in, they try and, you know, grab some locals and be like, hey, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. do your best, try it. And I see that on Twitch. Um, which is what we're streaming on. Um, we had, there was a poker player, oh, random. That's cool. Um, he came in and watched or saw us streaming one night, and he did what's called hosting, and he took his, like, 1,200 people that were watching him and brought them over to us. Oh, just didn't say why, didn't give us a reason. He just, he. I remember he typed in chat, he's like, hey, good luck. <laughs> and just left us with all wow. these people and like cool. he didn't have to do that we didn't ask him to do that but that little small like thing that took him like two minutes to type maybe you know changed a whole bunch of stuff for us yeah we still have regulars who come in from that stream and we'll talk and hang out you nice. know and it's i think and i i almost wonder sometimes if people don't realize like how impactful moments like that are and they're just so genuinely good like they're good sold people that mm. they do things like that and they're like oh yeah whatever and they forget too they're like that meant like a lot to us yeah. <laughs> just that small little thing yeah but imagine the same thing in the music world like 
imagine a small step in any direction with the help of someone is huge. Yeah. That was, um, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, outside of music, um, what do you like to do? Like, what are, are you music mindset all the time, or do you have, like, other things that you like to get involved in? Um... No, that's a tough question. I'm sorry. It is a tough question. <laughs> I think people have asked me that a bunch of times, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I think, well, I really, I have a, a huge love for, like, just weird stuff. Yeah? Um, I, I love astrology, and I love uh, just any... Thing that's not the norm. Yeah, anything that's just not normal. I love like uh, paranormal stuff. Um, I also uh, enjoy just being environments like um, new age shops. And yeah. Maybe getting like a psychic reading here and there. Yeah, and, tarot cards. Um, and yeah, it's just yeah. I love that stuff. Well, let's so talk much. paranormal because. Uh, when we started the podcast, our backbone was paranormal. Cool. Like, yeah. we used to ask every guest that came on, like, have you ever had a paranormal experience? Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you that. Like, do, where do you sit on the fence of what is paranormal? Um, I mean, I feel like it's not really as complicated as people want to make it out. Like, mm. um, I feel like with each person, it's more so like a spirit and a body and... Um, I feel like as spirits, uh, spirits are, I feel like are generally energy. And then when you have a body, you feel energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, if you, I feel like in general, if you feel comfortable with yourself as a spirit in, in a positive way, um, there's almost like no wrong you can do once you're, once you passed away as, you know, from your body. Like, that's kind of how I feel. And um, if there's just kind of leftover stuff that you have inside of you, I feel like that's kind of, in general, what happens to some people that are in some places, you know. Um, and uh, I feel like people want to place these energies in, like, uh, a box of, say, like, this is something completely different than the actual person. But I don't feel like these people are different than actual people. I feel right. like um, whatever energy they got going on, they don't want to leave it. They don't want to leave yet wherever right. there is. And I just feel like there's a lot of disrespect that people have when they go into stuff like paranormal investigations. And I see it all the time, and it just irks me. <laughs> I'm just like, why are you talking to this thing like it's a a puppy? Right. You're like, why are you like stirring this up when you don't have to? It's like when you go into places. That have extremely negative energy. It's almost like if you go into a place um, and meet a person that actually murdered somebody. It's like, do you really want to meet this person right. that like murdered somebody? <laughs> like, you know. And it's just, I feel like there's a lot of disrespect when it comes to um, investigations, just for like um, any kind of evidence right. out there. Well, it's kind of funny that you explain it that way because that's sort of how I've been thinking about stuff too. Is you know, I don't think that it's what mainstream media wants us to think. I don't think it's that, like, okay, Joe died right there. Now that he's a ghost. I don't think it's that at all. Yeah. I think that if there is anything, 
maybe even like because like typically when something's haunted as people want to call it there's usually like a tragic event that like oh this is the house where four people got murdered or whatever it is i almost think that there is energy of some sort that we can't see maybe some people can feel but it's there and we just can't physically measure it yet mm-hmm. and when there's some like a huge traumatic event right like whatever it might be what's a haunted location that is the stanley hotel yeah. right like there I've was a, there. you have yeah. we'll talk about that in a second <laughs> okay. i want to know but like from my understanding there was murders and whatnot that went mm-hmm. on there like something so tragic like that and so like in the moment so much emotion flooding out of the people like having to deal with that like trying to survive or if they die like i think that that leaves an imprint that we can't see whether that be like their their energy that they just had to release because of the moment or maybe if you get killed or murdered like something along those lines like there's something that always will be there to make the world know of you i don't know but i definitely don't think that paranormal is what a lot of mainstream mm-hmm. points out i don't yeah. think that it's i feel like it what it was a huge taboo for a long time and then once people realized that it like could make money they mm-hmm. made it into this thing yeah. that like <laughs> was just a little too much basically i mean you watch like the popular shows like ghost adventures or whatever and like granted they've i think in their early stuff they may have captured some interesting stuff Mm -hmm. that may have been paranormal whatever it might be but you watch the show now and you're like oh so this is a hundred percent scripted and they just can't even watch that one anymore specifically because like i don't know what it is like the main guy just like pisses me off (laughs) every time and i'm like no, <laughs> anything else but this. <laughs> I just laugh at him because he wears like he's kind of like a big dude, like kind of muscular, and he wears like smalls. Just, like, oh right, wraps his arms. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm just like, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Um, Stanley I, Hotel. Yeah. Did you go because of it's Stanley Hotel? Well, I, I there was a songwriting event I was in that was in this little town, um, not too far from Estes Park, and so uh, I told myself I was going to go visit the first time I was there, but didn't have time. Last year, I had enough time to go visit, so I was like, end up. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a long drive, but like, it wasn't too far, and like, um, it really stands out. I was worried I wouldn't be able to find it, but I was like, oh, there it is, (laughs) once I got into town, and it's just beautiful. Like, during the day, it's a gorgeous place. Right. You could pay and do like a tour, you know, which is like a lot of money compared you know yeah. to just walking around and like absorbing the area like, yeah it's just really it's a really pretty hotel like i love it because <laughs> from my understanding right like when you drive up it's kind of like a twisting canyon right a little bit yeah and then when you hit like the gosh i've watched some i watched some guy vlog doing doing the drive which was really mm-hmm. cool but yeah when he hit like a certain corner or whatever it was just there boom it's we're not missing it basically did you so you say that you're pretty you're you've i can't remember how you were to be energy like you can feel the energy Mm -hmm. in places did you feel anything weird there during the day so like i can never really feel as much heavy stuff during Mm -hmm. the day when the sun is out 
Um, I usually feel the stuff set in when it's like nighttime, and um, so I, I I wouldn't say I I felt stuff at that moment because I know it's pretty happy day for me. Yeah. But uh, I could tell. Sometimes you can tell when the place is really really old. Yeah. And they old places have like stagnant energy, and so. Uh, I didn't exactly get a chance to go up to the room that everybody mm. talks about because um, it, you know, it was only allowed for like the tours and stuff like right. that. But I could tell like the area I was in was a lot less um, heavy compared to like if I did actually go upstairs <laughs> and like visit that room, you know. So have you been to like an area that maybe have whether it be haunted or whatever, were you just 100% like, nope, this is not a good area to be in? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I did a tour in New Orleans a couple of years ago when I went to visit for, like, Halloween. And um, it was actually, it was on Halloween that we decided to go to, like, this, uh, since New Orleans is, like, on the ocean. Yeah. Um most of the graves are like the tombs you know that you see right um but it's because they can't really bury people underneath because they'll just like fly yeah <laughs> but there's one park that has actually bodies underneath the ground um it's a bunch of like unmarked graves oh um, it was some kind of battle or something mm. where uh they couldn't like put them in tombs there's too many bodies so they just had to bury them like in the park um the day before which i think was like the 30th um that they did that same tour um some lady picked up on something in that park that was just malevolent as hell like it sunk into her and scared her off to death Ooh. and like um the guys were talking about it as we were going up to the park and they were just like, if you need to like, you know, go outside, like we'll understand. Right. Like, we have people here that will like take care of you. Like if anything happens. And so we went there and like, I, with the stories, like I was expecting <laughs> like the worst thing in the world getting in there. And, um, we did a couple of things, you know, like walking in backwards and like, um, just kind of as like a protection thing I think just um we walked around the park and I was with this person who uh I didn't really know her but we started talking and then we realized that we were both from Utah oh really <laughs> <laughs> so like we were just talking and like just laughing about random stuff and having a good time and um I guess there's a couple like they suggested that we pull up an EVP thing yeah like app on our phone and uh she was with her boyfriend and we were like you know trying to talk to like whatever energies were there but honestly we were just so in this weird mood <laughs> where we were just <laughs> laughing at everything that we couldn't take anything seriously <laughs> and so like it should have been like this terrifying experience but i was just it was just in like giddy mode <laughs> like, we were just like rolling around on the grounds like probably bodies here but like we didn't care <laughs> it was just really funny um but i told her i was like you know maybe there's like kid spirits here that are just kind of like in our energy just like that can make sense kind of make them silly and yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, later on, we did like a little seance after that experience, and somebody like mentioned kids at some point during the uh, seance, and I was like, I knew it. So it should have been like this scary, terrifying thing. Like whatever was malevolent there wasn't as active, and mm. then sometimes. From what I've experienced with some people, uh, some spirits uh, connect with you more if, like, you have, like, similar energy. Okay. So, in general, I feel like it was easier for me to connect with any kind of kid energy because I've always been a kid at heart. And, right. Like, it's easy for me to, like, connect with children. And so, hopefully that was kind of happening. Yeah. But, yeah. That was a fun experience. That would be cool, too, because, I mean, maybe in whatever realm they might be in or whatever it might be, maybe, like, you coming around and they were, like, felt comfortable and maybe that gave them a great day. Yeah. You know, however that might work. Mm-hmm. I had a weird experience with meeting people in U- from Utah, too, and this is super random, but I went to Disneyland with two of my friends on a whim, mm-hmm. and we rode the Ferris wheel. And it was busy, so they put this these couple in there, and they were probably, uh-huh. like, in their 50s, right? Me and my friends, like, we were in our 20s, and we look, you know, we don't look like we're from, like, really from around here. Like, why are we even at Disneyland? And, but anyways, we started talking to them, and they were kind of timid at first, and we, they, like, opened up. And like, oh, yeah, we live in uh, Provo, Utah. And we're like, we live in Bountiful. Nice. <laughs> a small world. Yeah, I, the paranormal stuff is so interesting because, like, I do think that regardless of what people think about life after or life after death, like, what opinions are, I think that there's stuff going on now that we just truly don't understand. Mm-hmm. And whether or not we will one day, I don't know. But... Well, I just think it comes down to how open you are as a person to like different perspectives of life right Um, when you're more open it's easier for you to look at stuff and be like oh i see why that happened because like that was the feeling for that day and right yeah so that's how i kind of look at it if you want to choose to not be as open as some other people that be your reality right which is necessarily not anything wrong with that no not at all but it's just um i feel like everybody has that um or has had those experience where insight comes in and weird stuff happens that just sink and you're like wow like how did (laughs) how did i predict that it's like everybody has that capability to connect with whatever kind of plane you want to describe it as that has energy and right <laughs> well and then like we could get into the crazy stuff that people have been talking about with like they i didn't read the whole article because it was done by a science journal which means when you start reading it like i was like eight words in i'm like those are words i don't know what they mean <laughs> okay. that's a lot of big words yeah. but they i guess in theory they were able to prove that alternate realities could definitely be a possibility and i science and math i'm way above my head but if that is a reality 
I almost wonder sometimes if it's like a, a wave, right? Because like a lot of life waves, wavelengths, different things mm-hmm. like that. If our reality is waving down and every once in a while maybe we bump into someone else and maybe that's what deja vu is or maybe that's what like a premonition is or maybe, you know, there could be a a bunch of different things and like maybe that could be part of it. Maybe we're feeling energy from an alternate dimension that is happening right now. We just can't perceive it. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. But... I don't know. I would love to live long enough to be able to get these answers. Yeah. But we never know. That's true. Could be tomorrow. They're like, oh, yeah, there's for sure. Yeah. But I don't know. I like aliens, as you can see. Yeah. Aliens are fun. <laughs> He's a cool little dude. Yeah. I went to uh, the Storm Area 51 thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, which was it's kind of silly. But it's a good time. It ended up just being kind of like a convention type get together in the desert mm-hmm. like they had some live music and they had a whole bunch of like food and you know people selling alien things and whatnot That's- people going around memeing everywhere like it was kind of fun but i don't know i if i am i don't say i'm a hundred percent i don't often say i a hundred percent believe in something right i always have like a open mind to yeah. mm-hmm. different things but I'm very close to a hundred percent that there's other life, and oh, yeah. I think it. I think it's almost arrogant to try and say that there's not, because like, mm-hmm. how? Why are we so special when we know that the universe is ever ex- and This isn't the only universe. There are yeah. universes. So it's just kind of, you know, there has to be something else, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um. Did, have you ever watched People of Earth? Did you ever watch? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was like my favorite it's show. So I love it so much. <laughs> and then when they canceled it, my heart oh. just broke. It's like, how are we ever gonna find out what? But yeah, the the subject of aliens kind of makes me go up and down. Not necessarily like uh, like up and down. I mean, uh, from comfortable to uncomfortable. Yes, because <laughs> like. It just feels so, um, with how the media is constructed and then with how reality is, sometimes it it makes me worry if, like, some of these theories do kind of play in in a way that is actually happening. Yeah. So, um, I I love the idea of, like, different types of, um, like, breeds of aliens, like, from what I've read, that's a really cool concept. Um, I think is cool work, like worth exploring a little bit more. Um, but like, sometimes I worry if I dive do too deep into like the alien thing that I'll find out something that I don't want to know. Right. <laughs> and then like that, like kind of controls everything that's going on right now. And um, but I definitely don't believe that we're it. You know, yeah. I definitely believe that. There are other things out there that, um, whether we've communicated with them or not, like I, I feel like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like the whole, uh, I guess we've been getting steady wavelengths. Um, sorry, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything there. The, we've been getting steady wavelengths on like a recordable pattern from some, from I think the like two galaxies over from us or something like that Mm -hmm. and they are able to measure it coming in and it doesn't seem like it's natural so i mean if that's 
it could still be just like the space doing weird space stuff because yeah. space mm-hmm. only likes to do weird space stuff right. but if we can measure it and it is at a rate that seems like it's being sent instead of just like occur naturally it's kind of cool mm-hmm. that could be like a hey is there anybody else out there yeah. we're over here like yeah for sure <laughs> yeah um there's like this one episode of stranger things i think of um where they're with the guy, yeah, I forgot his name, glasses. And, um, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank. I just finished watching the last season not too long ago, okay. too. Jeez. <laughs> um, I can't think of his name either. Yeah, I, I totally yeah. forgot. But they, they get together and, you know, I tell him the whole story. And um, he gets to a point where uh, he wants to have a drink. And then he's like, oh what can I add to this to make it not so intense? And then he puts the water in it, waters it down. And then that whole theory of like putting the truth out there, but like watering it down. Yeah. <laughs> like for me, that kind of triggered me. I was like, oh, that could be a thing <laughs> that's oh, actually I, happening. <laughs> I think that's for sure a thing that happens. Because yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff that is held from us just to not scare us. Yeah. I mean, it's... I think there's more going on that some people do know that they're just like, it's probably best we just keep this to ourselves and yeah. deal with the burden because I don't know. I don't know what would happen if they came out tomorrow and were like, hey, by the way, um, aliens do exist and they're going to come hang out here in like a week. So like you guys are going to have to be cool with that. <laughs> I, I don't know if a bunch of people would believe it. I yeah. It would be kind of like, whatever you're saying. Right. Right. <laughs> 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 that's true it is hard especially in today's day and age to really know if what you're reading is fact or if mm-hmm. it's just another article that's trying to get ad money or whatever it might be yeah which is a bummer that's true you like stranger things yeah I do. that show is so good <laughs> you see the trailer for the new season i have seen a couple yeah, yeah it's gonna be interesting i mean i I'll give a spoiler alert for anyone. If you haven't seen the last season, pause for a second or fast forward. I don't know. But it was interesting having a new trailer with uh, Harper back. I was so happy. I was like, hey. I mean, I knew that they wouldn't like, just completely get rid of it. Right. But, like, part of me was like, yay. Because that last, that last season, like, I was like, wow, they really, they really did take a big leap taking him out yeah and i was like i'm surprised that they would do something like that just because he is a lot of people's favorite character and uh well part of me didn't even want to believe it yeah. like at the end of it i was like is this real <laughs> are they really gonna try and make us believe it so i'm curious <laughs> to see what they're gonna end up doing if maybe i mean me i don't too. know i don't really have a guess yeah but i hope that i've read a couple of like assumptions um well, I mean, a bunch of people are like, I think the the American is, uh, you know, Harper. Um, some people thought it was, you know, the the scientist guy. Mm. And so, interesting. There's that. <laughs> I mean, that can make sense. No, I'm excited for it because I mean, I. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of TV that comes out nowadays that I just don't keep up on, but Stranger Things is definitely one of them that i'll watch probably yeah. until it stops 
Yeah. Is there anything else that you watched recently that you were like, good? Um, oh. I, I don't know if you've seen uh, the, the Dairy Girls the Dairy on Netflix. Girls. Uh-oh, I haven't. Um, there's this channel in, like, UK that's called, like, E4. They have a bunch of, like, really cool series that I used to watch. Um, there's this one that is called, like, My Mad Fat Diary, and it was based on an actual diary of, like, a plus-size girl and um, kind of her experience growing up in the 90s. Mm. And they did, like, a whole show of it. Really? And uh, it was cool because, like, you know how you normally see, like, with the love interests, it's, like, two, you know, really skinny people. But, like, with this show, the girl, since she was, like, the main person, um, she falls in love with a thinner guy, and the thinner guy actually falls in love with her. Mm. And um, it, it gets... It gets kind of twisted, like in the whole series, but it was just like it's kind of nice to see that. Yeah, <laughs> when, something like, new. You've seen so much of like you know the norm. The norm. Um, so I think in general, uh, some of the series that the UK channel has is pretty cool. But right. this came from this show, Dairy Girls, came from that channel, um, but it's on Netflix right now. It's just um, some shows. You watch, you have to watch every single episode oh, yeah. to, like, get the whole story, and it's almost exhausting <laughs> to, like, keep up with, like, the the story and what they're trying to tell. Um, with this one, it's literally just these girls at this Catholic school, and every episode is just kind of a random thing that happens to them. Yeah. You don't really have to, like, know everything that's going on. That you just nice. watch it, and it's just... I feel like my mom didn't like it because she doesn't like British comedy. But mm. like, I just thought it was really funny because it, it reminded me of dumb stuff that I did when I was 13. Yeah. <laughs> it just random dumb stuff happens throughout the entire series. <laughs> like, you're just like, yes, this is amazing. <laughs> they, they have this, one of the person, because they're in Ireland, um, one of their main characters has a cousin from uh, England. And every, I guess everybody hates all the Irish people hate England or something. Yeah, so they, like they harass the kid, the girl's cousin, and she like the guy has to go to their school because um, they don't want him to go to the guy's school because he'll just get beat. Up. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to an all girls like Catholic school, and everybody just just like calls him like terrible things. Oh, it's <laughs> just really funny. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a cute one. Too, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch, watch that it. one. I like I like British humor because I think I didn't realize I knew that The Office was originally a British show. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that Shameless was originally a British oh, okay. show, and I really liked I like Office and Shameless. I think mean, they're both really great. And I went back and started watching some of The Office, the UK Office. It's really funny. <laughs> I'm not really I'm yeah. Actually, seen that one. It's probably. it's even more dry. Really, and it there's just something like hilarious about it because they'll tell a joke and then they'll just kind of like just quiet <laughs> and you're just like this is awkward <laughs> but it's, it, it was really good and they have like a really like famous cast like everyone who used to be on the UK office show is popular now nice. so cool. but it definitely took off um I have until about eight because I have another show yeah, no coming worries. in at yeah. nine do you want to close out with another song sure yeah oh. no yeah Exciting. Let's see. Oh, um, 
So this next one, I think every songwriter has a COVID song. <laughs> uh, this one's a mine, and I actually want to have it be like the title song for uh, for the next EP that I'm working on. Um, but uh, I wrote it in a sense like everybody's kind of worried about dying, about the virus, and like it, it's understandable. You know, but uh, I feel like a lot of the panic and anxiety and worry is mostly inside of us instead of like out there, mm. like how people want to portray it. Right. So um, I kind of compared the virus to an actual storm. Mm. And uh, so instead of like the virus being the storm outside, like kind of like we are the storm. And so I kind of leave that up to whoever wants to interpret their own. Right. Way. But uh, that will be like the title of the EP is just We Are the Storm. I like so, that. Yeah. Yeah.
predict a weather change I predict a weather change in the name of love In the name of love See, I predict a weather change I predict a weather change in the name of love In the name of love Cause we are the storm We are the storm We are the storm Oh Because, like, you know, I imagine being someone who you love music. and You ever just get that feeling where, like, you get so invested in the song and it's over and you're like, that was, I don't know, it's, it's a moment. It's a moment. Thank oh. you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so it, let's close out by rehashing. So if people want to find you, Mel Soul, mm-hmm. and that's going to be on Spotify. Are you on iTunes at all? Yep. Um, and then what's SoundCloud? Yep. On SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, and then the Facebook <coughs> is linked in the description. Now, if you're watching live, and all four of those links and any other ones I'll reach out to you before I post will yep. be linked in the descriptions. Um, go show some love. Go show some support. You can obviously tell that she's talented, like extremely. So, um, and then you're working on your second EP. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any? Probably be out around the fall. Around the fall? Yeah. All right. You guys heard it here. Around the fall. Thank you again for coming. If there's anything you want to plug at the end or any last words. Um, not really. <laughs> well, thank you again for coming time. out. Thanks, thanks yeah, for of course. <laughs> and uh, everyone in chat, thank you guys for being here. Um, we have another show coming on in about an hour if you want to stick around. If not, take care and uh, have a good night. Bye.